Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got a lot of tech news, including Google I.O., the big story this week, all the things Google announced from chat apps to VR to Android N and modular smartphones. We're going to talk about all of it and maybe some other news, but we'll see. We don't have a lot of time. However, it is going to be Google-fied, so you should stick around. Don't Panic is going to start right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 133, recorded May 23rd, 2016, on Daydream, Allo Assistance, and Google's new home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, uh, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by two guys who uh, definitely knew the meaning of Hodor. Uh, It is Colby Rabidou and Dan Miller. Gentlemen, what's going on this week? What's up? What is cracking? Colby was air drumming during the intro. It was pretty great. I was. I can't even hear the music. I just like in my mind know where it is because I can hear. I I know the theme and I can hear Sean click the button. So uh, (laughs) yeah, so we're good. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of warm. It's like summer almost. Uh, my phone's been broken. That's been exciting. It's not broken right now. It's been going in and out of brokenness. And what was broken about it? It doesn't charge. Sometimes That's it's just the, the connector. The connector is loose, so sometimes you can't like, you know, stick the thing in the right way to make a connection. Uh, and so for a while, I was using my Android phone again. That was kind of fun. Android is way less bad than it was when I was using it before. And even on an old Android phone. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is noticeably like once in a while you get a no, uh, like it takes like a really long time to load a web page or open some app. And it's like, OK, this is probably like would be fixed if I wasn't using a, a three or four year old phone now. Um, but uh, other good news is that one password is now on Android. I was very concerned. I was like, I don't know. Like, honestly, I don't think I could like, I can't sign into anything. Um, so it was gonna, that would have made me go to the Apple store way sooner than not having done it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but one password's there and, uh, Google's Google. Did you know there's a Google fit app? Did we ever talk about that? I had no idea. (laughs) Uh, actually, it's very, very funny because we did talk about it. It was announced. I, I wrote down, I, I'll jump ahead a little bit, but I wrote down a list of things that I was going to mock Google I.O. for never actually releasing things people use. And I made a list. <laughs> and on there was Google Fit because I didn't think anybody used it. Um, that so, was uh, two or three years ago they announced that. So I was, I used it um, to lo- log my bike rides. And it's actually kind of nice. Um, it's it in and of itself is probably more useful than, than Apple's health app. Um, like it does things like it does for, for biking. It does like, you can like record your ride and like GPS track you like that kind of thing. Uh, so that was nice. A nice, nice surprise. Something I wasn't expecting at all. Um, and then, uh, pebble, the pebble works some somewhat more robustly with it. Though it's not it's not that much different. It's like but you can do like canned replies and like voice text messages and stuff, which is pretty neat. Um 
Yeah, overall, though, like, other than not having iMessage, which is, like, I'm just going to probably use Apple devices forever because I can't I, I can't ever switch off of iMessage. Like, no one will ever be able to text me again who has an iPhone. Unless um, you really want to be able to whisper or shout your text, and then everyone's going to have to switch to, to Hello. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Or we could just wait like 15 minutes until Facebook Messenger has that too and just use it. Yeah. You can just yeah. write letters. You know, bring it yeah, to the Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Quill and ink, man, just old school. In fact, you could record yourself whispering or shouting on a cassette tape and mail it. Or maybe a CD, I guess. That might be more achievable. That might be more. Put it on a, on a, on a vinyl and uh, yeah. press mm. it. And yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, I like it. Hopefully you yeah. get your uh, your phone up and working. Are you still going to go to the Apple store, even though it's kind of working? Oh, I definitely am, because I can't, like, like it stopping working is not, it, it, it arbitrary times is a little frustrating, so. And you picked the worst uh, time, not that you picked it, it's the worst time of year for this to happen, because you're exactly between iPhone announcements. I know, yeah, that and that was the other problem, like, if there was a new phone, I would just like get a new iPhone, but there's not. Uh, and I also didn't get the the extended Apple Care. I forgot. I was like, oh, I'll do this later. And I didn't. Oh, so, and you never did it. Yeah. Well, this it's is- never been a problem before. I've never had an iPhone like crap no. out. I mean, I've, no. I've like dropped my iPhone and broken the screen, but that was like my fault. Didn't you also have the problem where you couldn't use the power button anymore? So if the phone died, there'd be no way to turn it on. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my iPhone 3GS or whatever. Uh, uh, but that was like that. I had had that phone for a while. Um, and that was that. I mean, that one got to the point where I just got a new phone. Because mm-hmm. uh, it lasted. It lasted past the. Past the cutoff. Past the expiration date. Um, very cool. Um, ah, crap. What help if I were recording that? Um, so Dan, you, uh, you switched (laughs) offices today, this week. Yes. That's exciting. We moved moved down the block. We all had to not, there was no office for us to work from last week. So I had this like adventure working from different parts of New York. Uh, I've, I've never really pushed like a modern lap uh, Apple laptop battery wise since like college, and like that I worked for almost eight hours fully remotely on uh, Thursday, and I, it was I was comfortably I was it was fine. I had like twenty percent battery left at the end of that. It was great, fantastic. It's because you don't have Sophos antivirus installed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, And then we moved in today. There's a roof. Uh, There's there's actually some interesting tech things. Uh, The, uh, well, only one I can think of, but maybe as I explain, I'll I'll, uh, remember others. You know how, like, behind... Uh, at these open workspaces, you have this strip down the middle of the table that has like power and Ethernet and stuff, and you can plug things into it. So they're color coded uh, power outlets, and the black ones stay on twenty four seven, but the gray ones turn off at night. So you can plug like your monitor, 
and like maybe your cell phone charger or maybe even your mm -hmm. laptop if you want to into it and uh, it'll only charge from like like 8 a.m. to 7 or something like that. That's quick that, cool. Yeah, that was a cool idea. Like I would love to have stuff like that here because like in, in my apartment there are things I plug in to leave charge like this laptop almost all the time. Uh, like the stuff and like the entertainment console usually doesn't need to be on at 2 a.m. Uh, well, you, but you could do that with smart switches, right? With the smart plugs that, that connect over Wi-Fi. And then I think most of those you can put timers on, right? Yeah. yeah and I true. think that's what this is, is uh, everything in this building is centrally managed over Wi-Fi. So it's sort of, it's like the, it's like living in the internet of things. So, uh, we know what rooms, what lights are on in which rooms, which rooms have the shades up or down. Uh, you don't, there are no remotes for any of the TVs. The TVs infer when they need to be on. If you plug an HDMI cable and they turn on, if you join the room through like, uh, if someone dials into the room, the room just powers on, uh, which is also cool because that means conversely, it knows when to turn it off. You unplug the HDMI, it just turns the TV off. If everyone leaves the meeting, then the TV just turns off. If there's no one in the room and it can tell, then the lights just turn off. Uh, that stuff is super cool. Uh, it's also the office is all solar powered. And there's solar panels on the roof, which don't obviously can't power everything. Uh, but we buy solar from other places. Mm -hmm. uh, and this isn't necessarily related to the office, but... Uh, we announced, uh, Etsy announced a couple weeks, months ago, that we were, uh, I don't know the specifics, but there's something, something solar, like, plan you can get through Etsy if you're an employee or an Etsy seller, where we uh, help subsidize the cost of you installing solar panels on your roof through this company called Solar City. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I saw screenshots from an employee, a remote, who had it installed today. And Solar City gives you crazy awesome graphs about your electrical usage how much electricity you're putting back onto the power grid uh which like parts of the like i don't understand how electronic like uh, actual electricity works but which parts of your circuit use the most power maybe sure. okay uh <laughs> so he could like see when he turned his mac pro off he could see the room's power usage go down at night uh yeah so New buildings are, like, the future is kind of there, I think. Although you did kind of just describe the start of a very average horror survival film where <laughs> the tech startup has too smart of a building and either <laughs> either a smart AI or a disturbed employee turns it on the employees themselves and, you know, a group of eight set out to survive and, of course, six die <laughs> along the way and the two that survived romantically fell in love the whole time. Um, yeah. The Etsy AI decides that the best way for the company to succeed is to lock everyone in the building so that they can't ever leave. And the most efficient <laughs> way is to remove all the people. <laughs> yeah, that's you're, you're setting yourself up for that. No, that that's awesome. And by the way, I was I was showing on the screen here. People should check out uh, Jazz Dan on Instagram because Dan posts oh. the coolest photos. There's if you go on Instagram, right, you search yeah. for the hashtag Etsy HQ. You'll get much, much better things. But then you wouldn't get pictures of Dan's cool secret concerts or when he works um, next to a food truck. Or That's true. That, no, that beach. wasn't a food truck. I was working in this, uh, like, courtyard 
I guess there was a coffee truck in this courtyard, yeah, but then yeah. behind me there was a cocktail class happening, and then they kicked me out to serve dinner. It was okay. a bizarre place. The Highline Hotel, uh, if you ever need to work from somewhere in New York, it was beautiful while I was allowed to stay. <laughs> that is truly wacky. Very nice. cool. Um, gosh, I wish I had an int- what What's my contribution? Um... I'm uh, mostly just getting ready to move. Uh, that's that's really most of of my life. My my apartment's going to run on 100% renewable energy or oh, renewable nice. energy credits. But you know, I guess that's the same thing. Gotcha. So that's exciting. I am. You know, we talked. I I probably talked about this before, where I I was on the fence about getting TV. I'm definitely getting internet, but I was like, am I going to cord cut or not? And I finally made up my mind. I'm getting what, TV. Ooh, because, really? because, and this is this is the only reason why. How much would you spend for a reasonable cable package with a DVR and HD and you know two hundred channels? And what would you pay for that? Not, I would never Zero pay dollars over my internet over the cost. But think, of but okay, but now think about it. How, how many of you pay for Hulu? Yeah, commercial free. Yeah, 13, but I regret it. I've well, been thinking about canceling. <laughs> 13 bucks a month, right? Sling TV, that's recently. another 20 bucks. I don't have Sling. Don't I watch it. a lot of TV, guys. I, I'm a single guy. I've got nothing <laughs> to do. I don't Sean's have a TV appetite is insane. I have HBO Now, Netflix, and I am currently subscribed to zero shows on iTunes. So that's mm. 30 bucks right there. Well, anyway, AT&T is going to give me TV for... 50 bucks a month, which I didn't think was outrageous because I would definitely get Hulu and I would probably get Sling. And once you purchase some shows on top of that, I figured it was it was worth the deal. So sadly, I couldn't pull. Can the you watch the, the, the shows from anywhere now? Um, I think AT&T does let you, you know, has all the apps to let you you do a lot of that stuff. Mm. I'm, I'm sure AT&T's app is amazing. I <laughs> I just hope it works. Uh, you know, Sorry, I don't mean to be so snarky. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, and the good news is, I'll have even faster and hopefully more reliable internet than I have here. So, yes, we'll be rocking and rolling. It'll be great. Indeed. Now, there is one thing I do want to get to, and Dan, I know you want to get to it, and oh, that would I? be our summer movie league. Ah, if you've been following yes. along at upfordebate.tv slash draft, we have the Up for Debate Summer Movie League. The three of us with Matt and Mike drafted a series of summer movies. Now we're competing head-to-head in box office totals domestically to see who can rake in the most cash this summer. Uh, it is, as I said, I gave you the URL there. And this week we had a big upset because uh, I have been in first for nearly all of the summer. Uh, but finally I have been usurped by uh captain america civil war and dan miller congratulations dan uh team dan team dan in order we have uh in uh last place fifth place colby with 41 million dollars um so far just keanu and neighbors two and neighbors two only came out this past weekend so um still early still early Your, your next up would be pop star never stop never stopping um we have Mike in fourth place with $46 million, all of which came from the Huntsman Civil War. He has coming up next, Now You See Me too. Um, And then uh, Matt in third place with $158 million on the Boss Mother's Day, Money Monster, and Angry Birds movie. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. That is, all he has left is Warcraft and Secret Life of Pets. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. You take that what you will. <laughs> uh, myself in second place with just one movie, The Jungle Book. This weekend, I have both Alice Through the Looking Glass and X Men Apocalypse. So, Dan, don't enjoy first for too long. Uh, however, I'm going to enjoy it for as long as I can. How does that sound? About one week. Uh, first place, $356 million <laughs> on the back of Captain America Civil War and, of course, superstar film Hardcore Henry. Your next movie, Dan, Free State of Jones, which I saw a commercial for the other day. Oh, really? It looked like a really good February movie. <laughs> or like a really good November, we're trying to get an Oscar movie. Maybe not, that, maybe not, no, it looked more like a February, we're going to dump this here movie. Like, not bad, but just not, I, well, who am I to judge? <laughs> we'll see, so. We'll see. Anyway. Could be the sleeper hit of the summer. It could be. I, you know, I will say this has not been a spectacular year in terms of grosses for movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Money Monster, 27, Mother's Day, 31, Keanu, 20, a Huntsman, 46. It's not been spectacular. Well, were, were, did you predict uh, a good year or a bad year? I don't remember. I predicted, uh, um, uh, honestly, I didn't really, I don't think I did an overall prediction. I probably would have said gr- better, but... We also, to be fair, haven't had a lot of massive movie releases. You know, Money Monster probably wasn't going to be huge. Mother's Day probably wasn't going to be huge. Huntsman was never going to be huge. So it's kind of hard to say. I think this weekend is, I think Alice is a big question because you're coming off of a very successful first film. It is a Disney film. It is Tim Burton. It is Johnny Depp. I think if that does, at the end of the day, under 150, I don't think it's successful. Um, X-Men has gotten not so great reviews. Um, I think that's got to hit 150, 200. Um, so we'll see. It will be interesting. But anyway, you can follow along all summer at upfordebate.tv slash draft. Um, we have wasted enough time with that. We've got to move on to the tech news this week, gentlemen. Uh, and normally I ask where you would like to start, but the problem is there's really only one place I think we can start. (laughs) Yeah. And that would be basically the only news this week. Google I.O., their annual tech extravaganza. You know, if you're Samsung, you do 30 events during the year. If you're Apple, you do four events during the year. And if you're Google, you do one event a year. Google I.O. You announce everything. It's their big show. And then you do that awkward, like, Chromecast press day. Oh, yes, where they invite, like, 10 people into a small room and and talk to them very close about product. Um, (laughs) The beautiful thing about Google I.O. is, and I don't take credit for this phrasing, someone else said it this way and I'm stealing it, but Google I.O. is known really well for two things. One, Android features only three phones will get, and hardware products that will never be released. So, we got some of that and more this year um, (laughs) at Google I.O., and and I don't think we can get through all of it in an hour. but we're certainly going to try. Um, maybe I'll be fair to you guys and give you the opportunity to pitch out anything that you would like to discuss. I think we should start with the the well. We should start with the assistant stuff. Okay. Which and is that the chat stuff? I guess we'll talk about it. And it, I well, think that was also what came first chronologically. I watched uh, some of the uh, thing. So I think I'm going to jump in and we're going to start with the assistant stuff because I think that leads then leads well into the chat stuff. Uh, Sundar Pichai, of course, was leading the keynote as head of uh, Google, and he talked about what they now call Google Assistant. You may know it as Google Now or Hey Google. They've actually given it a name, Google Assistant, Um, and they've claimed it's much more powerful than it's ever been before. Um, 
you can talk to it more like a human being. Um, it, it's a more conversational AI, and it's coming to uh, Google products like Home and Allo, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Speaking of that, uh, let's jump into the chat apps. There were two announced starting with Allo. Allo is a, um, and if you guys could both flip your video, your videos both froze. For, oh, no, you're back. You're ah. back. Uh, that's okay. You know, you're fine. Um, <laughs> I jumped on it too quickly. No worries. Allo is a messaging app with a chat bot. So um, it's a mobile-only app. You sign in with your mobile phone, and you can connect your Google account, and it's a normal messaging app. So I can message Dane. I can message Colby. I could do emoji and stickers, and I can send photos and draw on the photos, and I can even control the font size of my messages, which I guess is a big deal these days. But <laughs> uh, on top of that normal boring stuff, they also have Google Assistant built in. Um, which means you will be able to ask Google questions from right within the app. If we we talked about a couple weeks ago, Facebook rolling out a similar thing in Messenger, um, where you'll be able to do Microsoft in their chatbots and Skype. Um, you'll be able to ask it questions, like as if you were Googling things, you will hypothetically be able to order things. And they did the same kind of demo with OpenTable and, you know, hey, can you book me or buy me tickets on Fandango and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I will also men mention that all messages in Allo are encrypted, but it also has an incognito mode where it is encrypted end-to-end, -end, as well as private notification and expiring messages, if that's your thing. Cool. Uh, so how did we... How did it take us so long to get to chatbots instead of the voice stuff? Is my first question. Um, I. It is kind of you know I never thought of it that way, Dan. Why did voice <laughs> come first before the written piece? I, my only theory is that people like companies hypothesize that people would use it more if you if it was conversational and you're talking out loud to it except i don't think they quite realized the limits of that even even with all the advancements the, the sorts of things uh i really liked this this uh analogy that was on the accidental tech podcast on one time in the past two weeks where they they called it like the voice command line where <laughs> You have to know exactly what you can and cannot say, and there's no way to know what those things are unless you already know them. So, you just, like, you don't want to try anything because, like, it's not going to help you figure out how to do it. And it's actually it's it's cool to think about how the graphical user interface doesn't have that problem. Like, you can discover things with it, and it's true that you can't really discover things as of now over voice because they're just simply not conversational. Uh, but so maybe the text will be better, but I suspect it's going to be, has the same drawbacks. Uh, but I think it will be the, the barrier to trying things is lower. So you might be more tempted to be like, oh, what happens if I ask it about restaurants near me? What happens if I ask it the best way to get to Tucson, Arizona? Uh, whereas if you were thinking about doing that with Siri or Google, now I'd be like, ah, I'm just going to Google it because I know how to Google things. Yeah, I, I think I think for me, part of the part of the problem is that I've never been a fan of the ask a question, get an answer AI I just I, I can Google search and get the same result and whether it's voice or chat, it doesn't matter. I don't think there's a lot of value and I think that's why a messenger is designed to be a back and forth conversation, right? And, and 
I think talking out loud is better for just asking and getting an answer, but either way, there's not a lot of value. I think, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I'm interested in this idea of treating a chatbot like you would a friend, because that's kind of what they're asking you to do. I would message Dan in the same way I would message Google, right? In the same way I would ask Dan where we're going to eat dinner, they would like me to ask Google where I'm going to eat dinner. It is a very mm-hmm. fundamental shift. It is no longer a, a a machine that pumps out an answer. It is something you are talking to and getting re- answers from. And those answers aren't in the form of blue web links. They're in the form of, you know, we're basing it on your opinions and, and your feelings and, and the Gmail messages you've sent and the Google searches you've conducted. And it's very personal to you. Um, it, it's a whole new mindset. And I think chat apps are a great format for that because that's where you do those things um and for me it's just it's going to be a really interesting experiment to see if people are willing to do those things simultaneously and not you know ask alexa because she's halfway across the room and your hands are covered in baking flour you know how many cups are are in an ounce or whatever you know what i mean i how how do you translate that into a real human experience I think I want both. When I'm when I'm cooking, I I do use the Apple Watch because it is good at stuff like timers and measurement conversions mm-hmm. and simple questions I might be idly wondering about where my hands are covered in barbecue sauce or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I'm working, I'm most excited about these chatbots for working. Imagine like a personal assistant on like it could even be local on your computer. That's what I really want. Uh, like play me now like I have all these chats with all these people for work stuff and personal stuff and I can switch to my computer and say like now play me something like give it a mood uh, search for emails from so and so and it knows what my email client is and knows how to search it like those are things that I do all the time and I'm already I'm typing I have my hands on the keyboard anyways it's much better than having Siri on the desktop, which may be a reason why we don't have things like Siri on the desktop. Although we do have Google Now on the desktop. Mm-hmm. Like you can, yeah. Uh, but I don't think, I suspect they'd get used even less than the mobile ones. Well, and I just think, I, I, I personally, I am not, well, first of all, how many messaging apps has Google tried? Like, <laughs> like seriously, this has got to be the fifth or sixth at this point. And, and the odds of them getting me to download a new messenger app is basically non-existent. I just have don't I don't have any interest or desire. I'll probably download it once to play around with, you know, the the Google chatbot. But I, I just I don't I just don't see see the value. Yeah, I, right. I think they're a little late to the game nowadays. Like I'm gonna use the chat thing where. Wait, I'm sorry. Were you saying the chat app or the chatbot? No, the 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 app. The app I don't yeah, see. Okay. I like the bot. I wish the bot were in right. in iMessage or Other in an things. app I used. Right. That's why right. I like message. Yeah, the yeah. Bot. That's so okay. Just I I had a like a crisis of faith, but I was on the right track. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say like I'm gonna use the chat app that like all the people I talk to use, and like frankly that's iMessage. Like most people I know have an iPhone. Um, and the ones that don't use Facebook Messenger. So it's like, you know, and other people with different groups of friends than me use WhatsApp for things or like Line or uh, other stuff. But they use what their friends use. And that's not Line. like. I think Line is one. Line is one. one WhatsApp. Of, one of the chat apps. Kick. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. There's like so many. 
Uh, and like, I'm sure some people who use like Google Hangouts already might switch to this when they sunset Google Hangouts in favor of this. Um, but I don't think anyone's going to like jump ship to use this for their like whisper shout text or anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, were there any other killer features of hello than, uh, than the whisper shouting? There was minor stuff like you could do. Oh, there's the predictive and the predictive canned responses. Well, it can't canned responses is not a good way to describe right. this feature. So what it would do, it was, listen not listen but it it knows how you respond to things and it would tailor the like suggested can they are can responses and it's not like predictive texting uh but they aren't can from just like a set of right. responses that everyone, everyone chooses. right isn't that like a weird bizarre dystopian thing to think about if you take that to the extreme where like it. computers mm-hmm. just talk for you Yes. Yes. But I like, want this. If they if they're just talking for you, what's the point? Like, why bother asking? I, I don't know. Colby, why are weird. we even here? I don't know, but right. I want the computer to talk. So there was. Oh man! I, Wait. What if we just have automated don't panic show? We don't even have to do the show anymore. We can just watch. I mean, how many hours of this show? We we have over 130 hours of of the show. Yeah. I think we've gotten the I mean, content. <laughs> Right. That that would be an interesting like machine learning corpus for for I don't know gen- generating podcasts from So imagine a you're a company and you use Google Apps. So you've got Gmail, you use Allo, and I have to go let someone into the apartment oh. so I'll be right back. But this is going to be an awesome right thing. before All the right. punchline. All right. While Dan is gone, uh, the the point I was going to get was there was a great tool, and I don't know if we picked it on the show. It was a long time ago. There was this app where you could connect your Twitter account, and it would you. I don't know if you played with this, Colby, where it would scan all of your tweets and create a tweet based on all your other tweets, and it was yeah. spooky accurate. Yeah. Like I loved uh-huh. it. It was so cool. Yeah. So I think those. Um... Those things use a, a a computer science thing called Markov chains, and like you give it a bunch of like it looks like all your past tweets and just like stitches random things together uh, to make new ones, like things that you said before or tweeted before. Uh, I think I saw something similar for Facebook posts once. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing I would want in a canned response where it doesn't have to be super original, but I talk in a certain way and tone. That, right. you know, even the way I capitalize words and I use punctuation, that's why I don't like about the canned responses is they don't sound like me. They sound like canned responses. So, well, it doesn't have to be super accurate to the conversation. I would just like it to sound more like me. And I think that's very doable. Yeah. So can you like, I feel like with Pebble, you can do this. You can like change the messages, oh, right? Yeah. So like- no, most of the apps with canned responses, you can customize, but Again, that's and then you add in the the ability for it to scan the conversation and and note key terms. I don't know. Right. Google is much smarter at this than I am. Let's, let's be <laughs> right. honest. I know you you're not sure about that, but I will confirm uh, that they are. <laughs> so, I think um I think it is interesting. I'm gonna download and try it. Um, maybe, maybe Colby, yeah. you and I, and maybe Dan will be the only people chatting on it. But that's true. Maybe we'll start the revolution soon. All our friends will be using. You know. It. To be honest, who who used to use Facebook Messenger? Who used to use WhatsApp or Line or, you know, all these apps have to start somewhere. So you never know. But I, I, it is fair to say Google's track record is not outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I will quickly mention they also announced a uh, a different chat app as well. They call it Duo, and you can call it their FaceTime competitor. Um, it is video chatting, uh, and they designed it to be dead simple. You simply open it, tap the person you want to call, uh, and they talk to you. And it's just a video chat app, mobile only, tied to your phone number. Um, it um, it will be available on Android and iOS this summer uh, as well, which is a big differentiator from FaceTime. Um, so it'll be interesting to me, honestly, Duo might also be a little more interesting than Allo because at least Google is pretty good about video. Um, right. and, and I don't think there is a good cross platform video chat app, maybe Skype, but you know, mm-hmm. I think they could make just a dead simple, great app for video chatting. I think would be interesting. Will Duo be mobile only? Uh, it, uh, that's a good question. It looks like it is. One other thing I will announce, by the way, and I didn't realize this, Allo is Android only. Mm. Which, oh. is, which sucks. Well, I'm uh, sure it's, I mean, maybe just Android only for now or something. Right. They, they haven't said about iOS. Um, no, Duo is mobile only. Gotcha. So, but I, I am interested in, in Duo. Yeah. Cool. So. We will see. Mobile only or Chromecast. I mean, Chromebook. Or Chrome, Chromebook. That would be great. I would. Yeah. I would be on board with that. Well, I, I was. I was giving us a you segue out and, to yeah. And I can't think to, of a better way until to do Dan it. comes back. Yeah. Well, then let's talk about that. Um, among the zillion things announced this week at Google I/O, it's been teased for quite a while, and good news, it is finally. Here, Google announced that Chrome OS will now support Android apps natively. What does that mean? The Google Play Store will now be on your Chrome OS device with the massive repository of Android apps. Um, They claim basically all of them will work. Now, I will point out that it will roll out slowly to people as as time goes on. Right now, um, it's only available to developers on a few Chromebooks. They plan to release it to what they claim is the vast majority of Chrome OS devices, including Intel and ARM-based devices um, as well. They say it will run well on low-end Chromebooks as well as high-end Chromebooks, and you'll get all the features included. Uh, they're, they're integrated directly into the OS, so for example, when the Android app gets a notification, it actually shows up in the Chrome OS's notification widget. So um, you, you're, you're definitely in luck there. Um, coming later this year. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Like, if they can do it, why not? <laughs> seems like seems like a great idea. What are you talking about? I, <laughs> we are talking about Android apps now available on Chrome OS. Uh, okay, I thought this was a thing a while ago. Well, and maybe we talked about it being rumored. We definitely, and it was rumored and worked on, and maybe soon, and all of these things. Um, and the good news is it's it is finally here. Um, sort of, sort of soon developers finally hear this right away and, and coming soon down the road, you know, with Google, everything is this fall, um, or no release date. Um, I I think this is like super fantastic because I'm, I like the idea of, of mobile device plus. Where I, 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 iPads are great, have their limitations. Windows machines are great, have their limitations. I, I just, I, there's just something in my mind that, that clicks with this idea of, 
I want just a regular browser and a regular web page when I'm just doing stuff and I want to flip tabs and I want to click and open stuff and just have that familiar computer experience. But then I also want to be able to pull in apps. I think we'll get better impression once we use it. But this is really, you know, Windows has been trying to do this for a couple of years now, trying to meld the mobile and the desktop. Um, but this mm -hmm. seems to me like a really great way to do it. It's not, it's low effort. It's, it's intuitive, easy for users to understand, and it's apps they already know. It's, it's great. This, this is the kind of thing that would sell me on a Chromebook. A regular plain Chromebook is like, okay, well, it's a browser with a keyboard. Uh, great, but any device can do that. Now, you're, you're really getting a full Android device. Well, Dan, Dan's shaking his head. <laughs> uh, a desktop can't do that. Uh, like, cause it's portable. It auto. It has other benefits. It auto updates. Uh, it's secure. You don't have to worry about it. They're cheap. Yeah, iPads aren't cheap. No, iPads are definitely not cheap. iPads aren't as I suspect as durable as Chromebooks either. Sure. Although I haven't tested this myself. I know. Mm. I know several people who I've said, "Oh, you should get an iPad. You love an iPad." They got a Chromebook and they like use it. All the time, they love it. So, yeah, different strokes for different folks. But you've, I think, really created a great low cost. I guess a regular Android tablet would be a great low cost iPad competitor. I don't know why this is better. I guess because <laughs> it's, it's a more enhanced experience because it's more like a laptop. But if you're trying to use Android apps like it's a laptop, how well is that really going to work out? Especially on non-touchscreen devices, right? That's that's the million-dollar question. All of the right, I forgot that they're a touchscreen. All of the books. developer devices that they are um, that uh, developers can use are all touch-enabled, mm. which is a little scary. Yeah. So I I will say one thing. I mean, I I was sort of reminded of this going back, but like. Android, I think, is a little less swipey than iOS is. Like, there are certain places where you can swipe, but, like, in iOS, you swipe for everything. Mm -hmm. Like, everything is a swipe in one direction or another at, the o at, like, the OS level and the app level. And they're, like, you know, sometimes to, like the app's detriment where like they're trying to make you swipe in the same direction the OS wants you to swipe. So like sometimes it does the app thing. Sometimes you get the bottom tray, stuff like that. Um, and I, I think that is, is it, it, at least in my experience, which is uh, relatively limited, but it, it's, it's less the case. Like apps do don't rely on it nearly as much. I found anyways. I think that's a good point. And again, what it's going to depend on what apps you use, right? I mean, there are going to be a, a healthy number of apps that will work better as websites on Chrome OS, right? Where it just doesn't make sense to use the app. Um, but I, 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 you know, I'm just trying to think of, you know, games might be a good example of something that you're not going to have a good in-browser experience, but you'll have a better app experience. Mm -hmm. uh, things like like music players, like Spotify or something that can do like I I haven't used the Spotify web player in a long time, but I, I assume it can't do like offline right. caching. Right. Um, uh, I mean, maybe it could, but I, I, I doubt they're doing that. 
Uh, so like that, that would probably be a better experience. Anything with notifications. I mean, I mean, I, I, there are a lot of advantages to being baked into the OS versus being a web app. Um, yeah. and, and again, you still have that web experience, but you get the bonus of, of the option for apps. Cause I, to, let's be honest, Chrome web apps has really not taken off. I mean, they exist and there are many good ones, but you know, it, it does not rival the play store in any way. Sure. I mean, so I will say notifications are a thing for websites now. Right. Uh, Chrome supports them. Yep. Firefox also supports them. But do you, Safari on desktop supports them. Do you them. get them a lot, though? Just purely out of curiosity. No, I mean, I didn't I never get enable Facebook them. ones on yeah. my home computer. Hmm. Uh, I think I, I get have Google the, Calendar ones at work, I think. Do you have the... Um, like, I get Facebook ones from the OS Facebook integration, I think. Oh, maybe that's where I'm getting them from. Yeah. But I, I did, when I went to Facebook the other day on, on my Android phone, I did get a prompt that was like, want to enable notifications? And I was like, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> um, but so it, it's slowly becoming a thing in the way that things on the web slowly become things. Um. <laughs> But yeah, no, you're like, you're right. All these things are here now. And I think particularly file file system access, that is not really a thing on the web. And maybe a lot, maybe I, I feel like uh, Chrome web apps probably run with some special privileges so you can do it. But like if you already have an Android app. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think we're all in agreement. This is a good thing. I can't wait to get my hands on it and actually try it. Um I may pull one of those. Sean just decides he needs a Chromebook thing, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, at least it's much more low cost than an iPad. So, um, so what I was gonna say before I had to go. Yes. You have these these Google chatbots, and they're they're listening to what you're saying, and they're offering suggestions in like in between your conversations, and you have the uh, like the Hangouts with the the multi person video calls, Gmail. Uh, a cool product would be Google could like there's a whole market for stack overflows for companies, question and answering systems for companies. How do I do this here? Where's the whatchamacallit? Uh, who's in charge of this? Google could know all the answers to those questions by inferring them from the conversations because it'll see people get asked those questions and it'll see what the answer is. Mm-hmm. I would I, I would be all on board for for that because like think about all of the, the like knowledge is getting dropped on the floor every day at work where someone knows the answer they tell people like five times over the course of six months and then they leave and like there's every day there's someone asking that same question to someone else who doesn't know the answer and might not even know who knows the answer well and the the corporate shill that i am my, my first thought is that is a privacy nightmare it would have to be a rolling window of two years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, but that's it's, fine. That's better than where we are. Where it's a rolling window. of. I don't know. Uh, no, I, no, I agree. I, I would, I think that is a really great idea for, I honestly, I would just like something that can find my emails. I can't even find my emails. That, that very simple problem of, Hey, can you find that email where uh, so-and-so sent me that attachment that had blank in it? Like, just give me that, and I'm very yeah. happy. I got a I, low standard. Right. I rarely use email for, like, com- actual, like, person-to-person communication. It's mostly, like, company announcements and things, but I still have that problem. 
yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's not an efficient mm-hmm. system. Um, all right, let's see. What else from I.O. would you guys like to discuss? We can do daydream. Did we talk about instant apps yet? We did not. And actually, I really did want because I think that's one of my favorite things I think they announced. Yeah, me too. Um, as you brought up, how would you like to run an app without downloading it? What? I know. I agree. Here's where it works. Um, it, it is Android instant apps. The way it works, and they give an example in the demo, if you click a link in Chrome and... That link can, it, Google Play grabs just the parts of the app it needs, you, so you don't have to download the whole, so, okay. Here's an example. Let's say you're Colby. Stay with me here. You're Colby. I am Colby. Well, I know you're Colby. I'm saying the viewer at home. <laughs> I, I find this segment particularly relatable. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's me. Uh, you're Colby, and you go to Barcelona in spain okay and you want to take a train and they're like well there's this great barcelona train app now you're probably not going to come to barcelona again at least for a long time maybe never again you don't want to have to download the entire barcelona train app download all the data install it have it as an icon give it all these permissions what if instead in chrome you could just click barcelona train and the app just pops up without having you having to download it only the parts of the app you need temporarily download as if it were a browser page, but you get all the advantages of it being a local local app like GPS access and things like that. That's how it works. It essentially downloads only the, it kind of blocks off pieces of the app and only downloads the ones you need to make the action you're trying to do through the web link. I'm sure there's a much better way to explain it than I explained it, but I think you get the gist. It's, it's kind of an enhanced web app, basically. Because you get access to the actual parts of the system because you're actually running the app. Yeah, the first thing I thought was this is this is how HTML and JavaScript die. Is, <laughs> is on, on, on the other hand, I I was immediately reminded of Java wet like applets. Like this is basically what that was, right? Kind of. I mean, you yeah. download the whole applet. I just thought it was funny. It's like Java applets reborn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. The, this seems from the demo to work much more seam, seamlessly than Java applets ever did. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure. But yeah, it's like, it's really. Like, I find myself in that situation frequently. The the shopping one that was a good example too. They used if you're going to go to shop for cameras you don't you're looking through google and you're searching for cameras that you want to buy and you go to this website and it drops you into the app that's cool because well that's cool for as someone who works for an e-commerce site though i do not speak for them it's cool for e-commerce sites because apps tend to convert better than the mobile web Mm -hmm. uh, just like industry-wide so that's why on all of like every commerce site, you get that annoying ass banner on the top. It's like, please download our mobile app, uh, and the, then hopefully you'll buy something. So that's great for them. I don't know how I would feel about it for the shopping thing. I think for the uh, parking ticket app in Barcelona, that, that's like a great way to do it. But for uh, shopping, I don't know if I want 
it's like so many times, even sometimes when they drop me into the mobile web app, I'm like, God, no, I, you dropped me in the mobile web app and now I can't do this exact thing which I came to this page to do, so now I have to reload without the blah, blah, blah. Uh, or like what happens when you try to instant app on like a shitty 2G connection in Europe or something, which is where I would like, the last time I needed something like this was in that situation, sitting in York, England, trying to download the stupid bike sharing app for like a half hour. Uh, <laughs> so, like, does it just hang forever? Does it eventually fall back to the uh, the regular HTML stuff? I don't know. Really cool though. Super cool demo. Uh, really excited to to try it. It's like the the coolest Android feature I've heard about in a long time. Yeah, I think it was a real standout this year. Um, the other thing, too, that I love about it, too, is I think it's a great way to try apps. Uh, honestly, you know, I I, I picked um, FlightAware a couple weeks ago. Uh, I downloaded four or five flight tracking apps to try them all out before I settled on that one because I, I just wanted one feature. If I could just tap, use the two or three essential features of the app, and then say, okay, I like it, download the rest. Like, mm -hmm. that's a great case, and I bet app developers would love that because they're going to get more downloads and, and people using it over a long period of time because they're getting the right app the first time. So, Oh, that's that's interesting. How do you count downloads in this scenario? That is like, a very interesting question. Does just navigating to the uh, to the website and getting the instant app count as a download? for Because, like, like, Google Play shows download statistics. Mm -hmm. They absolutely do. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very good question. I don't know. One thing I will say is that instant apps are limited to four megabytes for now of what the instant app part can download. I will also mention that it will be compatible with Android phones all the way back to Jelly Bean and will be rolling out to users at the vague later this year. <laughs> so December 31st, 2016. At, no, I don't at know. the vague when the carriers update your well, yeah, Exactly. So never. <laughs> No, exactly. If you have a Nexus device, you're in luck. Otherwise, we'll be rolling out to Nexus phones. <laughs> when will this be coming to my Samsung Galaxy S6? Never. Um, yeah. No, I think that's uh, that is very exciting. We are breezing through time like it's nobody's business. Um, it, it, we got time for maybe one more. If there's something you guys would like to talk about, we didn't get to VR. We didn't get to home. Um, <sighs> Android Wear, Android Auto, um, Android N, uh, Project so Aria. So many things. I don't even know what some of these things are. <laughs> the, I, the only other thing I caught on the, like, the video was uh, the, the virtual reality stuff, which looked really lackluster. Like, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm spending too much time around like the uh, HTC Vives and Oculus Rift. So the, not that I spend that much time using them, but looking at those sorts of releases the 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 games they showed like like prototypical Wii-esque games where you're gonna yeah. hold this wand and like go fishing or like just throw balls at things it's like uh, there's a barrier to entry to putting on one of these fucking headsets and if it's not like if what I get out of that isn't cool enough to justify putting it on like I could play threes I could play Alpo's Adventure without having Put a headset on. It has to be mind-blowingly awesome to get me to sit down. I can't move. I can't be really on the train. Put this headset on and make time to play a stupid fishing game. Like I don't know. 
And maybe the, they're just all about the platform, but this wasn't a very compelling demo for me. I'm, I'm going to challenge you back on that, and I think that's because right now there are two, two sides to VR, right? There is the Vive and the Oculus Rift, which is the high-end, ultra-realistic, lots of sensors, very accurate, you know, a PlayStation 4-level game VR. And then the other side, there's your Samsung Gear VR, Google Cardboard. We want to get it in the most hands as possible. It's not going to be super high-end, super realistic, super expensive. We just want people using it attitude. I think you need both for VR to succeed. I really do. And, and, and while I agree with every disadvantage you pointed out to, to a low-end, a lower-end um, VR experience, I think what you make up for in that is people using it more regularly and using it more in their everyday life to do simpler things than sitting down and playing a game for two or three hours. People who, who want, who get sent a cool YouTube video that happens to be in VR, and so they just throw their headset on to watch a five-minute video. And, and the way you get that to work is by offering hardware and software that is everywhere, and that's what Daydream is. It's Google's VR platform. It's built on Android N, and the big important, I think the two big important pieces that one, the software is built into Android N, but also they have a hardware spec that um, Daydream will be supported on that they say they're working with the major phone manufacturers. These phones will have to have certain sensors in them, will have to have a certain screen resolution. Uh, it's a number of hardware specs, and they're requesting these hardware manufacturers to include them. There's also a spec for a remote um, and a spec for a headset. Google has said they're not going to manufacture any of those themselves, uh, at least today. But I think by creating a standard for anyone to make it, I think there's value in that because if every Android phone you can buy has this software and technology and hardware built in, there's no barrier to entry anymore because you were going to buy the phone anyway. So then all you really have to do is pick up the $99 headset and you can have VR. And I think, I think there is a really valuable market for that. So I do give Google credit for doing this. I think, I think... If if the Facebooks of the world and the, you know, if if the big guys want to focus on high end VR, that's fine. But I'm I'm glad I'm Google is doing this because I think they got to really prove the case. I agree, Dan. The content is not spectacular, but you got to start somewhere. So I, I think it's pretty neat. I don't know, Colby. Bert, Bert, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings about VR VR, but. I think it, there is something to be said for being the first ones to have like, I don't know, being quick, quick with like a platform for people to put things on. Cause like once one or two or three are established, it's hard to like establish a new one. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so however lackluster it is now, uh, if it's the one that exists when someone does something cool with phone VR, then it's the one where it'll get published. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And, and again, Google has done this a lot with, because they're everywhere, they can afford to push these things and get a lot of people interested. You know, Android Auto and Instant Article. No, not. Uh, I'm sorry. Amp is their version of Instant Articles, um, where because they have such scale that you're almost required to work with them um, mm -hmm. if you're a, a content manufacturer. So it's it's a win-win. So I think it's interesting. Uh, we'll see if anyone actually makes it. Yes. Right. I have a crazy question. What do you guys think about Apple? Like, 
every major tech company is doing something with VR. I guess not Amazon, really, question mark. Um, but Apple definitely isn't, or is not yet. Uh, do you think they will? Do you think they care? Do you think they're looking past VR to something else, or they're mm-hmm. just not talking about it? I would see Amazon oh. doing it before Apple, I would say, first off. I mean, they own Twitch, and they're big push into video, and they already make hardware. Um, that makes a little more sense than, I think, Apple. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that Apple would rather focus on other things. Um, you know, but believe it or not, people tend to ignore this fact, but Apple actually likes products that make them money. <laughs> There's a reason why they don't, they're not, you know, spending money on, on, you could argue cars and some of this stuff, but believe me, I guarantee they have plans to profit off of them. There's no mm-hmm. internet balloons and, you know, uh, solar powered drones and, you know, there's none of that going on at Apple. Their goal is to make profit, money, and they're very good at it. VR, I just don't think is to the point where they're ready to say, okay, now we can actually be successful at it. I think maybe down the road, but I don't, I think Apple would rather come in later and because they already own the hardware and software ecosystem that they just plug in VR and boom, all of a sudden they've got a giant built-in market. They, they don't need to be first. They need to be best. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I don't think Apple would talk about, uh, they wouldn't talk about v- the VR even if they were doing it, so we like, have no idea mm-hmm. whether they are or not. Uh, yeah, I think that they're not the type of people to get into something first, and they've never shown a particular interest in gaming like it's always been half you know half-assed so i i currently all of the the compelling applications for vr are gaming it would be really cool if apple came out with the first non-gaming application like a productivity platform powered by vr because i I do think that's going to happen and i think that's something apple could be really good at like what is the general purpose computing UI for VR. I, no one knows that yet. Uh, so I would, I think I would, if I read Apple, I would be pushing for for them to work on something like that because I think that's something they're uniquely suited to do really, really well at and make a ton of money at. Uh, but it's probably not anywhere near done, even if they are working on it. Great, cool. Unless we're surprised in June. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, although, honestly, I was reading an article the other day about the iPhone 7. I mean, it, it, does Apple really care that much anymore about secrets, at least for short-term projects? I, I, I really, it's not the Apple, I think, that it used to be. I mean, we basically, we're, we're what, four, six months out, and we basically know nearly everything about the iPhone 7. I mean, I just don't, We they, how long have they been telegraphing cars? I mean... You know, we we just saw all the wireless charging hires that they just got. I I they're just I don't think they're the secret of Apple they used to be. Now, like you know, five year plus projects, sure, um, and some test projects maybe. But I think their big thing. I I don't know. I just don't see them being as like crazy, like you know, Steve Jobs screaming at people because they let things go kind of <laughs> anymore. Well, but they they're also so much more scrutinized than that's they were. true, especially on the stock market. Right? They they got to start teasing this stuff early, so. You know, when the stock market is wondering why they're not into cars, they need to start telling people they're into cars because cars are hot, you know? 
That's a sad reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm is right. Well, we're out of time, uh, sadly, uh, to talk about anything more with Google I.O. Uh, of course, uh, you know, if you're interested, uh, go on the Internet and read more about Google I.O. But we've got to move on to picks. Um, and we've got some good ones this week, a couple hardware ones. I'll go first because mine is really quick and is a software pick. Um, I don't have great internet, very unreliable. It's kind of a pain. So I run speed tests with, uh, an annoyingly high amount of frequency and I traditionally use speedtest.net, which is fine. Gets the job done. But Netflix of all companies came out this week with their own speed test. It is called fast at fast.com. It's very catchy. Um, and it is the simplest speed test that I've certainly seen. And what's interesting is it actually uses Netflix servers to test your internet speed. Um, and, and as actually shuffling Netflix content as the way to test the speed. Um, I just ran it, got 23 megabits, which is pretty good. 120. What? Oh, you suck. Oh my God. <laughs> You're muted, Colby. <laughs> I said I got 160. No, you didn't. Ow. Yeah, I'll send you the screenshot. Oh my god! Is it, it, what's that? Kilobits? That, there's what? That Me- megabytes per megabits per second. That is crazy. Yeah. That's I got to stop living in the middle of nowhere. This, <laughs> this is I'm on the turbo package. Oh wow. I'm put to shame. Um. Why does it have to be that now, way? Now, the downside is it doesn't do upload, which is kind of annoying because I do like to test for upload. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll still have to go to speedtest.net, but honestly, this is the fastest, simplest speed test I've ever seen at fast.com. So, yeah, that yeah. is nice. Keep it in the I back like of your No flash your needed. No, it's quick. Yeah. You go all able. the time. I'm just going to set up a script to like monitor. Well, people have done that where... Um, what? Crap, there was a guy who set it up where, oh, I remember this. Every time his internet dropped out, because he was having reliability problems, it would tweet at Comcast with mm-hmm. what his speed was, and it'd be zero or really low, and it would every time automatically tweet them, and he had a big list of every time. Oh, that's um, amazing. I don't know if it worked, but uh, <laughs> anyway, that's it for my pick. Dan, you've got some uh, coffee accessory for us. Oh, yeah. I was struggling again this week to come up with a pick. Uh, but so something I use uh, at least a couple times a week is this coffee grinder I have uh, called the Verazza Encore. I, I think it's like 50 bucks or so. Wait, or I'm lying. How much is it on Amazon? 130 bucks. 130 bucks. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but it runs like a champ. Is so a is so much better than pre-ground coffee because that stuff goes stale really fast, uh, and I don't drink coffee enough to uh, keep it, like pre-ground coffee fresh. Uh, and it's much better than hand grinder, which I used in college, and that was horrendous. Mm. Uh, like you think you have strong arms, but you don't. You don't. Uh, so this thing, you just turn it on it grinds the coffee it's been running for almost i have had this one for two years maybe even longer maybe three years uh works great i just like you it's easy to clean just take the top off like and tap out the stuff brush off the blade and snap it back in it has adjustable burr sizes and all sorts of stuff it's just a great thing i've been thinking more about things i use every day that i don't really think about as picks uh 
So look forward to more stuff like that. That's cool. I was thinking we'll have to do one of these weeks when you don't have anything. We'll have to do the Dan Miller coffee package mm. and do do that and the because you, you still do the pour over, right? Yep, yep, yep. And all Just all the equipment for that, and uh, we'll have to do a whole package deal. Sounds I want to be like Dan Miller. Don't you want to? Don't you want to live the Dan Miller lifestyle? Hey, next time you're here, I can walk you. I can make you some coffee. How's oh that? Oh my sound? gosh, that is a dream come true. In a city known for having a million coffee places, I can't think of a better place to get a cup of coffee <laughs> than Dan's apartment. Indeed. Yep. Very cool. All right. Uh, and again, we'll have the link to that and all the picks on our website. Colby, you've got uh, an interesting pick here for us. What, what do you got this week? Yeah. So, so my pick is an iPad accessory. Um, it's specifically an iPad and Apple Pencil accessory. So it's called the Stylus Sling. Um, so I have it right here. If you if you have an Apple Pencil, you might know there's there's uh no place to put it really. Like if you, it's kind of annoying. Like it's, I found it was routinely not in the same place as my iPad, uh, which was a little frustrating. So I got this stylus sling sling thing. So it's just like a little like stretchy strap that goes over your smart cover and your, your, your Apple pencil fits right in there. Um, and then it, you know, it stays on and it's all well and good, but the killer feature of this one in particular is that it also has a little slot for the, the like lightning cable inverter thing that is like you need, if you are going to go anywhere, um, unless you're going to do that, like you can do the thing where you charge the pencil off your iPad, but that's not what you want. You want to plug it into the darn wall. Um, so it has a little slot for this tiny, stupid piece of plastic that is so important to your life. Uh, and it, it, it's a little hard to get in there, but it is consequently quite secure. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you are interested in that kind of thing, I would recommend this one. Because there were other ones that, as far as I can tell, did not have the little, like, nub holder. So, that's my pick. It was, I don't know, it was probably a little overpriced for what it was. It was like... <laughs> that was a first, it was 25 bucks. That was the first thing yeah. I thought of, and I'm like, that is a piece of stretchy fabric. Yeah, they, so they were, most of them were similarly overpriced. Like, this is dumb how expensive this is, uh, but it's it's been worth it so far. Hey, for the so, cost of the I, Apple Pencil, you really want to protect it and not lose it, so it's right. probably worth it. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Indeed. Stylus Sling. Again, the links to that and all our picks on our website as well. Uh, that is it. We're done this evening with our Google-packed show. Uh, again, I will do my usual spiel every week, which is go to our website, don'tpanic.io. If you go there, you can get... Every episode, current, past, present, future, from episode 1 to episode 133 and beyond. We've got audio and video of each included, as well as links to every pick we've ever done are on the website as well. Best way to get the show is to subscribe. We are on every platform imaginable, including iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, which you can listen to on your Google Home, which we didn't talk about, but you can do that whenever that launches um we're also available on uh, most major podcasting apps and of course via rss the link is on the website and of course subscribe uh on twitter which is at don't panic show and you can email us don't panic show at gmail.com we do the show live monday nights at roughly 10 p.m eastern which you can watch and listen live at twitch.tv slash don't panic show you can also subscribe to our twitch channel and you'll get notified when we go live same on twitter um 
I will also quickly tease everybody. Tonight we had a new episode of Game Nights go up, the Dungeons & Dragons podcast the three of us do with Matt Mariani, and in which... We get all. We open a can of whoop ass on some ash zombies uh, that they did not see coming, and Colby runs across the room and right into a bar rather than over it. It's quite fun. Uh, you should listen to that at GameNights.tv. Gentlemen, anything else before we conclude this week? Huh. Uh, no. I'm. I'm looking forward. I've started to come up with ideas for my guest DM. Yeah. On game nights. That's a, a little tease for that. I will be running a special guest session at some point in the future. Hopefully not too soon because I'm nowhere near ready. But soon. <laughs> it's going to be great. Really looking yeah. forward to it. Um, I will ask you guys, are you guys going to be around next Monday? It's Memorial Day. Are we going to be uh, around for no. the show? Okay. No. Yes. yes. Okay. Oh. Yeah, no show next Actually, week. Enjoy I'll your time off, everyone. Well, yeah, we'll see. Well, I think, I think we should take the holiday off. Well, here's the problem. I am very likely traveling the following Monday. I will be in the great dun, city dun, of Charlotte. Uh, 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 um, yes, I agree. Uh, but here we go. How about the ultimate teaser? Maybe that's the perfect week for the first ever Sean Free episode <laughs> of Don't Panic, which oh, if you're a fan, well, you know, has after. never, I've never missed an episode. That's right. <laughs> so. Wow. Might be time. <laughs> the people have had yeah. enough of me. <laughs> I don't know if we're ready, Sean. Oh, have you trained us well enough? If you're not ready by now, Colby, I don't think you'll ever be. <laughs> to be honest, I've seen many episodes of Change Mode where you guys did just fine without me. So, I, That's uh, true. I don't think you need me. But anyway, stick around and uh, check out the website. And we'll have you up to date when new episodes go live. On behalf of Colby and Dan, this is Sean thanking everybody for joining us, saying we can't wait to see you next time for even more tech news here on Don't Panic. <laughs>